Today's guest is the amazing Tamar Nafar. He's a Palestinian rapper, social justice activist. In 48, we know that there are internal refugees and there are people whose families were displaced and forcibly expelled during the Nakba, but they just ended up in a village like five kilometers away. Or From the tunnels of Gaza, what's more underground than this? That has to be one of the hardest lines in hip hop history. Am I an artist? Am I an activist? Do an interview. And they're like, uh, so you do politics and this is yeah. what you think about Gaza. It was like, fuck you, I have sex songs. <laughs> On specific May, I was an activist. At least it defined what being a Palestinian living inside of the 40, inside of Israel means. It means that we have the right to use all the services that we pay for. But when it comes to symbolism and Zionism, ideology, fuck it. Hello and welcome to Palestine Pod, the weekly podcast where we break down the latest headlines dealing with Palestine from all over the world and bring you stories, commentary, and interviews with the aim of supporting Palestinian struggle for justice and equal rights. I'm one of your hosts, Lara E. You might know me from Instagram as at Girl, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mikey B. What's up, y'all? Mikey B on TikTok, Michael Schertzer on Instagram. And you can call me Mikey Intifada if you claim to be indigenous to the land of milk and honey, but you're actually lactose intolerant. <laughs> That's a good one. So before we get into today's episode, please like, comment, and subscribe if you hang out with us on YouTube. If you're listening on a podcast app, subscribe and leave a review. As always, you can find our full episodes and sources on palestinepod.com. And if you want to get involved in the conversation, reach out to us at palestinepod at gmail.com and give us a follow on Instagram at palestine. We're also going strong on Patreon, so if you love the Palestine Pod and you want to support this project, join our Patreon. We're also hosting our monthly Zoom happy hours, Patreon subscribers only, so really exciting stuff. Check us out on patreon.com slash palestinepod. Today's guest is the amazing Tamar Nafar. He's a Palestinian rapper, actor, screenwriter, and social justice activist, hailing from the infamous city of Mid. He's the leader and founding member of DAM, the first Palestinian hip-hop group. Tamid, welcome to the Palestine Pod. Thank you so much for being here. We are obviously both huge fans, so it's it's a real pleasure and honor to have you. So Tamid, let's get started. The Beat Never Goes Off dropped in September 2021. It features MC Abdul and Noel Carmen. It is an absolute banger. I saw it pretty much immediately when it came out and I was super hyped. I think I even commented from the Palestine Pod page account on the video. MC Abdul is the 12-year-old child prodigy rapper hailing out of Gaza who went viral for rapping in front of the rubble of a destroyed building during the assault in May. The people in Gaza reacted to the rubble in truly remarkable ways. I saw some kids doing parkour on it. MC Abdul managed to harness the image to use it to spread his message. It reminds me of what Lara said during one of our episodes during the assaults. In the midst of death, we teach life. Can you get your thoughts on that, Tamar? Yeah. Uh, you know, we, uh, we shot the video during the incident that happened in May. We planned to shoot the video way before, but, you know, shit happened. And to be honest, uh, and to be sad at the same time, if you watch the video with me and MC Abdul, you can see the buildings of the Manara buildings not existing anymore. Because actually, we planned to shoot on the Manara buildings. And just when the strike happened on Gaza and when the incidents happened, 
with locations in Gaza kept being destroyed and just made us change locations the whole time. So that's that's all I remember because I was part, uh, uh, other than being sad, it was just how do we shoot a video between a guy who's living in Lid and a guy who's living in Gaza? I would not want to be the location scout for that video. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, because, yeah, I, I understand yourself. It was shot in Gaza and it was shot in Lid. And actually, we had a, I had an idea from the beginning to have a split screen between Gaza way before the incident. Between Gaza and between Lid, unite us on the screen with a split screen. I don't know if you know the video of Skepta and ASAP Rocky. Praise the Lord. Where I think they were, I think they shot it in the US and in the UK. And they had this amazing screen split editing. It's very amazing with a little bit of uh, animation. So that was the idea. But then uh, the director of the video, Michelle Zananiri, was like, oh, the separation is there. I don't want to split it. Let's think of a different way. This is what he had the idea of using the. Uh, separation wall to unite us so wow yeah so you and so 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 you and uh mc abdul were never actually in the same place no he's he was born when was gaza started the the under siege 2000 and what i don't think he was alive yeah 2006 i think yeah yeah Uh, yeah, he's 12 years old so calculate it um Dude, I don't think he was alive back then. Yeah. And if so, he was a baby. Um, yeah. No, I don't think he was ever out of Gaza. Yeah. And of course, for Gaza, you, it would be impossible to go into Gaza. A mosquito cannot go into Gaza. Then <laughs> <laughs> a mosquito wants to go to Gaza. Right. I'm just saying. When, y'all, when you all said, are you down with it? And then MC Abdul said, from the tunnels of Gaza, what's more underground than this? Dude, that has to be one of the hardest lines in hip hop history, truly. Like, I got goosebumps when that. For for those who don't know, and maybe some who don't aren't big hip hop fans, underground is a term in the rap community, which means an artist that doesn't have a ton of commercial support, a giant label or machine behind it, right? It can mean like an independent artist, but it's a word associated with someone who is a hard worker, someone who struggles. Your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. And it also means keeping your ear to the streets, being accessible and remembering those who you came up with, bringing everybody up with you. Right. Can you speak to the influence that U.S. slang has had on your music? Oh, yeah, of course. I've been using the word underground. Yeah, I'm so underground that I'm so underground since I started in 99. I have a lot of punchlines about underground. I remember uh, I'm, I'm going to translate it because it's Arabic punchlines. So it's hard for me to... But I think the first ones were like, I'm so underground that my upper neighbors, that's what you say? Mm-hmm. My upper neighbors? Uh, that my upper neighbors uh, keep screaming kawabanga. Uh, I, I think it was mentioned. <laughs> and what do you say in Arabic? You say tahta al-arab? No, tahta ardi. Uh, <laughs> or you just go. underground, Something like that. I just, but yeah. But actually, it was a line that I used uh, in a song uh, that way before I met MC Abdul. Way before I knew that he was rapping. Just 
It was a song that I did like five years ago. It's called Fayadan. And I'm using their line uh, underground uh, from the tunnels of Gaza. Uh, what's more underground than this? I was using it. And I never released it. Don't ask me why I never released it. But I guess there was a reason. When I wrote The Beat Never Goes Off, I recorded it and I sent it to MC Abdul. He's 12 years old. No, he's now 12 years old. When I did that, he was like 11. And I sent it to him. And he sent it back to me, recorded. Uh, um, 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 I wish I can play you what I did record before him so you can know how we took it to that next level. Wow. He just Word. came in. Yeah because, yeah, because when I recorded it, I remember, I recorded my verses so full of confidence. But when I recorded his verses, I was like thinking as a kid. Like, ah, yeah, I was like thinking as a kid. But when he came back to me, he was like no hesitating at all. He wasn't a kid. He was ready. So I was like, okay, something is cooking here. So I'm, I'm pretty sure like two, three years from now, when he starts writing his own shit, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. He's about to blow up for sure. He's, he's a huge, inshallah, he's a huge inshallah, deal already. Inshallah. Yes, inshallah. During this latest Intifada of Unity, we saw connections being made between Palestinians living in 48, Palestinians in Jerusalem, the West Bank, and Gaza, and those living in exile all over the world in a way that was very exciting for me personally, and also I'm sure very emotional for many Palestinians. Can you talk about what it felt like from your perspective, living in Lid, right? Coming together and making a project with a child prodigy from Gaza. No, the connections were always there, especially in hip hop. It's like, come on, hip hop is the most, the biggest unity in the world, honestly. If you go to any rock album or you go to classic album, the word featuring com comes mostly in hip hop. I'm not the first, I'm, I am the first rapper in, 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 in Arabic hip hop or the Middle East. But there were a lot of artists before me, but they always work alone, solo. Maybe once in 100 tracks, you have a duet, a track. If you go into a hip hop album, it starts with Tupac featuring, uh, uh, um, um, I don't know, ba 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 ba. Kanye featuring, it's always featuring. So unity is in hip hop, way, way, way more than beefs and disses. So we've been, we, before this uh, Intifada happened, did it get the name Intifada? I don't know, whatever. Yeah, they, uh, I mean, they people have, people have referred to it as the Intifada of unity. Okay, the unity happened way before. <laughs> Come on, we've been collaborating with Algerians, Moroccan, and, and Egyptians, and Jordanians ever since 2004. Hip-hop made it way before unity. Hip-hop was, you know, united way before unity. I think that this line of, of Palestinians and Arabs working together happened before. I think that the May was like a marker. Just, it just marked it. But I think it happened way before. Uh, maybe because now the influencers, like uh, which I respect, TikTokers and bloggers, and you know, they just it just got that volume and it just raised that volume. But uh, you know, it was way before. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, maybe you can speak to whether or not you thought it was an intifada since you were in Lid, which is sort of like the epicenter of where the liberation struggle was taking place. I'm not a historian. I'm a musician. I don't know who, who decides what's an intifada, what's not. I'm I saw the settlers 
pack up and leave. And I was like, oh, wow. So something's happening, right? Oh, that, they're still here, bro. No, I mean, no, I know, they, I know they came back eventually, right? But there was no, like that. Left. Oh, word? Yeah, yeah, they're just here. Okay, but well, they're you know that's that's the difference you know, between like living there and like seeing it on social media because it's like what I saw on socials, I saw a bunch of people dip. Well, yeah, I'm not. I don't feel that privilege that I uh, I have that knowledge. <laughs> so it, you know, just here, whatever happened happened, and I'm sure we will. I'm just um, I'm so happy with the unity that happened after it. I'm I'm so happy if I want to look at the uh, at the. Um, the positive side i'm so happy that uh people uh, uh people knows that at least us not just lid specifically and palestinians who are living inside of the 48 they yes we live here as citizens yes we pay taxes and yes sometimes we need uh, the israeli uh it's our right to have the israeli ambulances whatever uh so yes, we do deserve because we pay taxes and everything because we are citizens here. So yes, we do deserve all those services. But uh, when it comes to ideology, fuck it. That's that's at least. So it's like when um, at least it, it, it at least it defined what being a Palestinian living inside of the forty inside of Israel means. It means that we have the right to use all the services that we pay for. And use it as an instrument, but when it comes to symbolism and Zionism, I'm going all the way uh, against it. So, and that's that's something that I'm. Uh, that I think that changed. For sure, let's talk about hip hop again. So, hip hop is a music discipline founded by Black Americans in the Bronx in the 1970s when the Black Liberation Movement was active and gaining momentum. Which hip-hop artist influenced your style the most? Who did you listen to growing up? And what are your thoughts on the long-standing ties between the Black and Palestinian liberation movements? I, I keep changing my heroes, man. I mean, I must say that, of course, I started with Tupac. Tupac made me listen. I mean, not just Bond, like, not just not my head, whatever the fuck. People are playing in parties. He just made me listen. He's like, he just made me go uh, buy a dictionary and just yeah. search for the meanings. So Tupac made me listen. I'd say Nas made me read. Eminem made me rhyme. Every rapper, every every rapper have that that influence on me. I can go from from the punchlines of Talib Kweli to the attitude of Jay Z to that. Alien flow that the flow of uh, Andre of Outcast, you know, I can go to that chillness of Wayne. I uh, can go, you know, I can be influenced by by. I can be influenced, you know, I'm, I'm influenced when Fifty Cent made me feel that I can be melodic as well. So there's, I cannot go into a specific, uh, you know. Uh, some rappers made me be sharper when it comes to politics, and some rappers made me say, fuck it, I want to be an entertainer. So there's always that beautiful struggle that during during my career became just a beautiful harmony. So I'm, 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 I'm influenced by anything, by everyone, and I'm driven by, you know, it's all about energy. I mean, even if I hear rappers goes with an amazing flow talking about bitches and stuff that I don't I don't agree to, I'm 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 
I'm mature enough not to, to use the word bitches, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm artistic enough to like okay, I like that flow. I'm going with that. So I'm I'm, I'm influenced by energy, whatever. I might be influenced by this interview as well. Um, we can only crossed. hope so. <laughs> yeah. For the last six months, I'm influenced by by Palestinian artists that I think I influence. Like there's this new generation that grew up yes. in my music and now he's doing his own thing. And I was like, okay, I think I'm influenced by whatever you are bringing to the game. Something fresh, new to my ears. So I'm influenced by by the people who I influence. I actually have noticed the same thing that there there is this new up and coming generation that is taking rap and then showing the diversity of the Palestinian experience, diversity in the struggle, the diversity in the life experience, whether you're in exile, whether you're, you know, in 48 or, you know, living under occupation or whatever it may be. Two of my favorite Palestinian rappers right now exemplify that so one of them is Mehrak who is a Palestinian rapper that grew up in the Yarmouk refugee camp obviously he's originally his family's originally from 48 but his lyrics are very raw intellectual, and, yeah. and intellectual and struggle focused melody and, and the music is very like like lo-fi sort of like yeah, you know yeah, respect, like Mehrak. Yeah, respect his music yeah. yeah he's amazing he's actually my client um <laughs> he's actually my client uh we worked together to get his family refugee status in France, but that's how I, that's how I met him after they had to flee Syria uh, and Lebanon. But his music is so inspiring to me and really puts me in a mood that I love. And I feel like he probably was influenced by you. I haven't had that conversation, but I feel like it. And the other one who I'm listening to now is a totally different vibe. It's uh, Saint Levant, who's a Palestinian, Algerian, French, Serbian artist, grew up in Gaza, now is in California. And he's trying to do this whole Palestinian draking with references to like Kenafani and Edward mm -hmm. Said in his lyrics. What's his name? Saint Levant. So it's like a play on Saint Laurent, but it's Saint Levant. He goes by, he also goes by Marwan. Well, yeah, that's his name. <laughs> I'd love to hear his music. If you can send it to me, I would love to hear yeah, it. Yeah, I'll send yeah, you yeah, I'll send you his latest, uh, A Thousand and One Nights. He raps in Arabic and in English and in French. And so it creates this incredible vibe and his production quality is like 100%. Like it's, yeah. it's ready for radio. He also radio. does a lot of sampling. He does a lot of sampling of yes. like Edward Said or even just like sort of vitriolic videos that are making inflammatory statements about Arabs in general. He'll cut that and use that as a sample in the music. And it's really cool how he flips it. Please yeah. link me. I would love to hear that. Cool. And sure. He's so, somewhere between like the past and the future. So that's what I really love about it. Because when he raps about a free Palestine, he raps about it like he's already in it. And it's it's a party, you know? So it's, it's kind of a, a new, fresh perspective. Poetry and hip-hop is a large part of Palestinian resistance. When we think of Palestinian poets, right, we think of Mahmoud Darwish, Mohammed El-Kurd has a book of poetry, and MC Abdul name drops Fadwa Tukwan. Can you speak about how Palestinians have historically used poetry as a form of self-expression and resistance and how you're continuing that legacy through your music? I think every culture in the world uh, used poetry it's not just something very exclusive to us 
But when it comes to the song, the beat, and it goes off with MC Abdul, uh, when I wrote it, I thought that, yeah, everybody knows that Mahmoud Darwish is uh, the face of the poetry in Palestine, but we also have females and women. Uh, so that's why I thought it was it was a mix of uh, mm, I'm a little Abu Anta, little Black Panther, I'm a little Honda, little Biggie, little Park, Atukan, Fed, Malcolm in the Middle, East, Gaza. I, I just wrote I just wrote things that I that I'm influenced by. Uh, even even you know I can go from Malcolm X to Malcolm in the Middle. I'm not putting them in the same level, of course. I'm just saying this is what, what what my brain received in different in different moods in my life. I always believed that if you go to the face of each country and culture, mostly it's going to be a, a male. So I just decided that no, and we have uh, Fadwa Tukan as well. She's she's actually one of I think she's the most famous of the famous poet from her three brother. But, you know, she was in front. So that, I just thought that it was very important. Cool. Thanks for your answer. So I have a question. In your song, Raja Al-Bayt, you sing about returning home. For Palestinians in exile like myself, we are so far from home that it's almost like this dream to return. We know that it's our right, and we certainly haven't conceded it, but in many ways it feels dreamlike. Because we're so geographically and culturally distant from it and removed from it i just wanted to you live in the u.s right i live in france but i grew up in the u.s and i was born in kuwait um, okay yeah so i just wanted to get your views on what it's like to sing about raja al-bayt but you're like you're on the land but you know in 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 48 we know that there are internal refugees and there are people who whose families were displaced Placed and forcibly expelled during the Nakba, but they just ended up in a village like five kilometers away or 10 kilometers away. And what that experience is like, and you know, is that the experience of your family? No, no, I, we were just talking about it just like an hour ago. We had guests from the north, and it was like from Nasra, I think that there's a big difference between what happened in, in the north and what um, I think I'm, 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 I don't want to, I need to check it historically. But I think there was a big difference between what happened in the north and what happened in the center. I think that people in the um, Haifa was actually the um, transfer people from Haifa, but a lot, a lot of places they were kicked from their house, the village next. But here in Lid, uh, in the center, people were kicked from Lid to Lebanon, and, and I'm sure other places like that. But there was something here that happened that just. It just got us into a place where I think we have hardly like four or five originally families from Lid, living inside of Lid now. The rest are people who were kicked from uh, Naqab, uh, from, you know, all over. And the song Raja Al-Bayt is, is one of the songs that just took me so long to write because I didn't want to write like what do the refugees feel and uh, want to come back. So I just addressed it as me. Uh, I, I started with um, first I just started as a personal level. That's just how important house is for me. Me as Tamer. Just all when, when I finish shows, when I finish my day, all I want to come home is and just listen to that sound of my key. 
اكثر نقول مفتاح يلف يلف جست هاو امبورتنت ذا هومز هاو امبورتنت ذا هومز doesn't matter cheers whatever everybody knows your name that's that's homeless um but then i started talking about not about refugees missing their homes but i was like what me here like fish bite be doing like it's like home is amazing when مفتاح يلف يلف بس في شيء ناقص something is missing missing yeah you are missing the refugees fish bite be doing like this house is nothing without you في ضايع بس مش ضايع عيونك يا ذير از لايت بس اتس نوت ذا لايت اوف يور ايز فيش طيب بدون فيش بايت بدونك حلمت انك عدت على بلد يا اي دريم ذا يو كيم باك اند يو جست ونتد تو سي ذا سيتي اند يو ار لوست بيكوز ذي تشينج ذا ليترز اوف ذا ستريتس يو نو بيكوز ذي تشينج اول ذا نيم سو اي جست ديسايد تو تيك ذات سونج اند توك اباوت هاو ماي لايف مي هير هاو بالستاين وود بي اف يو ار جست هير اف يو ار جست هير how things would have been different for me i really felt weird to to talk about refugees that lives outside of palestine when i'm not there when i'm here so i just it just took me a while to break that barrier it's like just talk about you why would you want them here and this song is about dude we miss you it's just the home is cool uh, but it's, it's it's you know i wish you were here that's that was the idea of it Yeah, I mean, I wish I was there too. <laughs> It's um yeah. Tourists in your own land, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so in your song Fashy Mashy, which Great name, by the way, Fashimashi. You say strong, but it doesn't mean that we will liberate Palestine. And that lyric caught my attention because a lot of the times the, the message is about liberation. And here you're like hint of pessimism or this hint of realism or this hint of just like being fed up. But this song was about, you remember that? Uh, it was about voting. right yeah it was about voting uh, like you know remember that song vote or, that whole campaign of vote or die yeah so this song was only for that period of time of asking uh palestinians inside of israel to vote and i'm saying i'm, I'm not expecting to free palestine through the knesset which is But the idea of the song was it's let's use the Knesset as an instrument, the parliament, sorry, as an instrument, as a tool, just for that specific situation that just let's be strategic. Of course, I'm not, I don't think I can free Palestine in a, in a, in, in, in a racist parliament. The idea was uh, just, okay, freeing a nation is, okay, something that we can build. It's going to take time. But for nowadays, uh, these are the tools that we have and these are the days that we have. So let's use this to do uh, X, Y, Z. That was the idea. It's just let's be, let's, it's okay not to be emotional and be uh, a strategian. I've heard you describe voting inside of Israel as a democratic tool in a non-democratic system, right? Where yeah. do you think? The, what, are, what are your thoughts after the latest election and where do you think that voting falls on the spectrum of tools to resist the occupation? I was not happy of the results. Uh, it's all uh, Mansour Abbas and uh, 
I wasn't happy and somehow it put me in that corner of, uh, okay, so I have 100% uh, of life. Uh, you cannot control 99%. Uh, so either you're going to spend your life looking for that 99% or just focus on that 1%. And this is where I decided that I'm an artist. <laughs> yes, I'm going to talk about politics. Yes, I'm going to do this and that. And influence, whatever I can. Uh, but remember that your main powers are rhymes and syllables. This is your energy. And this is how you're going to maintain serving and receiving in this world. I'm not happy about these results. I'm sure I'm not going to be happy about the results that's coming after and after and maybe some days like okay it was worth it because i'm gonna be happy about some positive results in the future but um instead of just overthinking of that this is this is this is this is the corner that i'm really focused on just making music uh because i think this is what i can make a change even in a small one yani i used to work in politics i used to manage campaigns for city council i used to like ghostwrite policy and stuff and I just got fed up because I was literally at one point bringing like suitcases of cash to politicians' offices so that they would meet with my boss. And I was like, this is good for me. And then I turned into an artist, right? I'm a stand-up comedian and I also am a rapper as well. Oh, oh well, I didn't know that. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's That's okay. Good. I don't have, I'm not like published. I don't have like a ton of work out there, but I, yeah, I'm pretty nice with it. Yeah, stand up. You want to yeah. do some new movement? Yeah, I like that. Cool. Yeah. Please, like, please send me your stuff. I would love to hear that. Michael, you gotta I send him. That. You gotta send him the one. I'm trying to find it right now. The one that. Oh, the song I did with uh, the other yeah. Palestinian rapper. Yeah, yes. Sure. I will. You gotta send him that yeah. one. Your most streamed song on YouTube is "Salam Ya Sahbi." Why do you think? My YouTube. I have. On your YouTube, on yes. "Salam Ya Sahbi." I think it's our third Nakba. I, 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 we have the Nakba, we have the Naksa, and I think that we are facing now is also a, a third thing. One of our biggest problems nowadays for the Palestinians who are living in Saudi Israel is the crime rate. Uh, the, the crime rate. We are already around one hundred and ten victims. We passed the rates of Brazil and Chicago way before, like long time ago. Salami Sahbi is addressing that. Thing. And you have a lot of strong line where in every uh, demonstration against the crime, you know, in front of the Israeli police or uh, the, the Israeli municipality, they use lines from that song. And it's a struggle for me to be so proud to have my lines, but at the same time, it's like not, I wish you can use my positive lines and not those ones. They specifically use those two lines, but they always have a consign. Um, Saadini bitarjami or smati. This lokasbu olu Yahudin pach. Oh yeah, this one. Like I was like, whoa. Call and the reference is like call like the ambulance. Tell them why. Tell them that a Jew has been shot because otherwise yeah, so they, <laughs> they won't come. Them. Yeah. So this is one of the most used lines in the. Yes. In the demonstrations, and it's just, you know, every time they tag me or they mention me, I was like, you know, wow, I'm proud that they use my line, but it's, it's 
just I'm not supposed to be happy with that. It's just confusing, you know. Yeah, it just makes you feel good with your ego that your lines are being used, but at the same time, it's just uh, I wish that you can use my other word plays where where no one where no one was being harmed. This is the song Salam Ya Sahbi, and it's a song that it's very. It's a, it's a song that it's very emotional for me because I I think I did that song. I think I did that song like 10 years ago and it took me like 30 minutes to write it. And it just gave me like a reflection to do a reflection because there, there are songs that it takes for like two months to overthink them and they don't succeed as much as I, as I did this. It just makes you think that sometimes you don't need to overthink things. It's that song that gave me that change in in the way that I should treat lyrics. Like... I was tired of people expecting me to be, oh, you talk about Palestine. Oh, like, oh, like I'm a news reporter. Like I'm, yeah. I'm literally checking the microphones like, oh, so now we have snow. Now we know. I, I don't see. It's not like whatever I see, I report. I use metaphors. I create. I create this parallel world to whatever is happening here. So please give me credit for my individual talent. Um, mm. So this song was specifically of how do I found that balance between reality and between a creation. So this song basically is if 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 people listen to it, it talks about me. It starts with those lines. Please help me, uh, Lara. Sahbi habibi al ard binazah dashar khuzib jismu andi bas ashra sabah. This is the first two lines. Yeah, well, it's basically it's a reference to his. Friend having bullet holes. So, Habibi, yeah. Habibi yeah, my friend, my, my friend, my sweetheart. He's on the floor, laying down. Eleven holes, holes in his body. All I have are ten fingers. Ten yeah, toes, ten fingers. Yeah, ten. yeah, yeah. Ten, ten. This fingers. is how it starts. And the whole song is me talking to my friend, not to close, not to shut, not his, to eyes, shut his eyes. Yeah. So uh, and and just waiting for the ambulance. Please don't shut your eyes, just because if he, if he closes his eyes, that's it. So that's the whole thing is. Hey, you, do you remember this? Do you remember that? Please don't shut your eyes. Hey, what the fuck are you recording this? Just go shout at the ambulance. This is that's the whole song, and people take it as a as a as a as like it's um it's a real song. Like what's the name of the friend that you lost? And I didn't. It's just based on true facts real friends that I have and I lost, but I collected all of them and I created realist fictional character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I know for me personally, when I first started writing slam poetry, my first slam poem sort of like poured out of me. Like it almost felt like I wasn't writing it and I was like a vessel to it. Can you speak to how it's like, there's that, but there's also taking your time and like, sitting down to write and like the spectrum of that not at this point bro i'm I'm really fighting overthinking <laughs> it's just there's this uh it's just a lot of thoughts and a lot of creations and suddenly the technicality part comes in yeah but it doesn't rhyme it needs more syllables it's not the melody that you want you know i'm just fighting that and i'm just but but the beautiful thing it's it's a process i like that so this yeah. painful process, it's pro- it will give birth to something that I would really admire. But, you know, sometimes I just write a line 
like that's an amazing line, but the line ends in in in, in a syllable that is just like yeah, you should you should just go into that syllable and into that flow, and then you start thinking technicalities, and that's you know some. So I wish I can reply, but now I'm I'm, I'm not in the I'm in that struggle. You just you just fight yourself for like um, just like a month, and then you go to the studio, and suddenly ten songs comes out. So right. it's, it's I'm good. I I I like that process. How do you think sure. your identity as an artist has evolved from when you started until now? I mean, are your priorities different? Like you spoke about how you're trying to achieve this balance with shedding light on a political reality, but then also being the entertainer that you are. Is this something you've always struggled with since the beginning? I, I feel like in the beginning, you're probably more political or like only political. And then now you've kind of like sort of blossomed into. I disagree. No, no, I disagree. I'm, I've been everything and all the time. All the time. It's just the process. It's just, it's just, you know, when I do an interview and they're like, uh, so you do politics and this is yeah. what you think about Gaza. So it's like, fuck you. I have sex songs. <laughs> you right. Know, you know, don't put me in that corner if Israel, uh, if the occupation stops. Are, are you telling me that if the occupation stops, I'm going to stop creating? Are you telling me that if if Israel is going to say, uh, okay, we are going to, to to stop existing, then maybe I should beg them to stay because if they if they go, I might not rhyme anymore. Fuck you! Now are you we die from other things that 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 that. And then if I go and I do another like that, um, you know that the entertainment or MTV stuff, and we're like, so you're happy, of course. Like fuck you! We suffer from occupation. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's that yes. It's um, um, it's everything and it's nothing. A human. And, and yeah, this yeah, is yeah. What, this is even what what people. This is what even people who are really pro-Palestinian miss sometimes. Yeah, and it's like that hidden racism. Like yeah, we are pro-Palestinians, and then you go to perform, and they come to the show, to your show, in, in good meanings, of course, and all they want to hear about you is Palestine and about yeah. that. Yeah, fuck the borders, fuck the separation wall. If the wall stop existing, and then, then maybe those people will stop listening to me. So are you telling me that I need the occupation? I think because I, I was introduced to you in, 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 in very much in this context of being a Palestinian in the U.S., being active in activism, uh, being involved with like Students for Justice in Palestine, and hearing that there were these, you know, Palestinians in 48 making rap music, talking about the struggle. Like for me, it was very much in the beginning. I, I saw like the music that them was making to be very political because of the way I was introduced to it. And maybe some of it, like you said, is like my own like struggle as a Palestinian in exile, reducing the Palestinian experience to that because I'm not there. And that's something that like I struggle with, which is that the complexity of the experience has been sort of deprived of me because the only thing I know is that like we weren't allowed to go back and then we built, we built a life elsewhere. And so, so I'm really happy that you explained it in that way because 
it helps me understand your your perspective on all of that and and the fact that you know sometimes sometimes yeah, sjp needs to sometimes sjp needs to <laughs> to chill out <laughs> Yeah, but uh, you're, you're, you're originally Palestinian, so it's your right to look for these things. I'm just talking about media in general. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What you said reminds me of a Walt Whitman quote where it's like people are complex and they often sometimes contradict themselves, right? He said, uh, do I contradict myself? Very well, I contradict myself. I'm large. I contain multitudes. Yes. Yes. It's, that's that's but that's the thing about just being a, a, a human being had a complete complicity and complete tarkibat hadol and like it's just it's just some side see you see you only as a terrorist while the other side see you as a hero but sometimes you can just in between you can just be yeah sometimes you're right, you a just, terrorist you can just, hero you can just be <laughs> just something you're just stupid I can be I have stupid moment. See and there's yeah. these expectations of you of being either uh, uh either being uh yani oh can you speak english yani <laughs> if uh, they expect you to be uh, you're not um you're connected to the world and some people are like oh you listen to uh, oh do you watch uh I don't know south park or do you do you do s- superficial stuff so oh what do you enjoy life in between It's not like you wake up and you just all that all of I'm just trying. So this is my art, and uh, my biggest hits are not they're political. Sometimes people I grew up in, like if you look at Tupac, Tupac can go from changes to uh, to California love. So he can make you dance. Or he can just make you dance. He can make you bounce your head. You know. And he can drop a diss track. Yeah. Uh, I'll take someone else. One of my biggest influences go with Kanye West, for example. He can drop. Uh, Bush doesn't care about black people, and he can go like, uh, uh, you know, like just drop a, a, a single just that makes you dance or a love song. Or, you want to know something just, super crazy about that? Yeah. When Kanye West said George Bush doesn't care about black people. George Bush later said that that was the lowest moment yeah, in his presidency. No, no, he have three pages on his. Uh, uh, he yeah, he he had that uh, autobiography book. Yeah, he said it was the lowest moment of his presidency. Yeah. George Bush, yeah. president on nine eleven. You know had, what I'm saying? Shouldn't that shouldn't that no, maybe take precedent? I don't know. No, but it, he had three pages. on his autobiography about Kanye West. Yeah. That's a lot. You, know, you can go yeah, you can go and say wow, how Kanye was influential. And it's like really does it is, is that your biggest concern, dude? You destroyed the Iraqi motherfucker. <laughs> just But, just yeah, more evidence that. that George Bush did 9/11 in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Anyways, okay. I don't have proofs. I mean, yeah, yeah, you don't need yeah, to comment on that. You know, that's that was just for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to get you in trouble with your publicist. I comment on things that I know. I comment <laughs> yeah. on things that I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> your manager is like, "Damn it, what the yeah. hell did you talk about, <laughs> bro? Why did 9/11 come up?" <laughs> no, no. Uh, I, I think that in 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 my life, I, I'm going to focus on things that I can change. I just can say that. 
the colonialism of the U.S. and the Bush destroyed Iraq. Point and Af- Afghanistan and Syria and Libya and yeah, Syria, Somalia, and pretty much everywhere. Not, pretty much not, not not to take the responsibility. Not not yeah, but not to take off the responsibility of the Arab dictators as well. So, what is something that you wish people knew about you? What is something you wish people knew about your art? Which people? people your audience your audience the world i mean you can interpret it how you want <laughs> yeah we don't mean like the police we don't mean like uh, the massage no no <laughs> no 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 it's not what i meant it's you need people to understand and the language or not. i just wish that people would know that i really battle so hard between my next song just so i can sound different from the, my latest song that's mm. that that's that's what it keeps me it's like i need to do it differently and still be good and you know it's just and i think people know everything about me even if they don't know it by verbs i think they know i think they feel my energy they feel how 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 my motor and my my engine works i've been working for 22 years and i'm still kicking it energy you know can 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 drive me to wrongs or right but still moving and i know that i still have a lot of projects coming and that's that's all i need just just people to you know judge me from my music and my art that's it yeah that's one of the things that i super respect about you as an artist and a person is just your ability to like evolve and grow and i see the evolution in every track right and it's like you're consistent as well so it's it's you know much respect from my end we're super happy to have you on the pod and thanks so much for your time shukran shukran thank you sir thank, thank you, you all right cheers in january we're gonna have the new single it's gonna called go okay Turn. yeah yeah yeah. it's Perfect. called what Last time that Gotter. Gotter, it's a slang. Is that? Gotter. Gotter, it's a slang. Okay. It's Arabic like... slang that we use here. Oh. It means that just get the fuck out of here. Get out. Oh, okay. Uh, and yeah, but it's actually taking from uh, when, when, when the English people were here and they used to tell the Palestinians, go there, go there. So it just became go. Ah. So it's the next single. How's it spelled? First time I'm doing it. Uh, I don't know. We're just because n- now we need to deliver it to Spotify and to everything. So we're gotcha. just arguing how how the fuck should we do it in English? And somebody I'm just saying because the same it go there. I I I call uh, when I say go there uh, for me it's G O T T E R. Yeah, that uh, works. But, yeah, it sounds but, like but, it sounds like gutter also, which yeah. is like you know yes, like dirty what, like that's what that's yeah, what I thought he was saying. Yeah, that's what Itamar says. Itamar says yeah. Itamar Itamar Tigler, the guy, the, the amazing guy who did the whole soundtrack of uh, Junction Forty Eight, yeah. and he did them's album Berhanomana. He did that, and it's like just name it in Arabic, Goter, like Jim, Wow, Ta, Yeah, and in 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 English, just call it Go There. So we are just arguing. Anyway, yeah, we still don't know what's the name of it. Uh, For yeah, sure. Well, we'll we'll link to that song. Time, yeah, it's the first time that I'm doing drill. 
so I'm just happy about that. Let's go. I'm using auto tunes there, so I'm just happy. Oh, Let's fucking go. <laughs> That's so cool. And I left the issues, did. I don't know the slang, so it's like now I know some slang that I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, but when they played the auto tune on 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 the studios, like recording, I was like, no, no, don't use fucking auto tune. I'm a real artist. Oh, it sounds fun. <laughs> 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 anyway, that's the next one. And uh, we're we're looking forward to Empire. it. Yeah, it's coming out with Empire and with Rob's management. So I'm very happy that it's uh, still taking. Okay. Uh, thank you, guys. Shukran. Mabruk, mabruk, and shukran. See you. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Folks, that's been another episode of the Palestine Pod. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you to our guest, Cameron Afar. Thank you to everybody who hangs out with us weekly and especially shout out to our people on Patreon. We love y'all so much. Go ahead and check out our website, www.palestinepod.com. Follow us on Instagram at thepalestinepod. Send us an email at palestinepod at gmail.com and check us out on Patreon, www.patreon.com slash palestinepod. That has been another episode of the Palestine Pod. Thank you all so much for listening. Have a great day. Damn, what a fire app, dog. Girl, this girl Aisha is so sweet. She said, I'm so I know. happy I signed up for the Patreon because it's like hanging out with Lara and Michael, getting closer to them. Oh my God. Adorable.